Nächten. <laughs> Stop it. I'm trying to record this. It's, you know, for quality assurance. Okay. So yesterday was Daf Samach. Today is Daf Samach Aleph. Um, let's do a review of yesterday's Daf and then get to today's. So what did we learn yesterday? So yesterday we were learning... Um, first off, we started with um, um, we started off with the the needle that's not uh, that has no head, no eye, no eye in the needle. So we said that if a woman wears that, she's not going to be carrying. The question is, what use is that needle? So we saw a few possibilities. First, we saw Rav Yosef, who says that since a woman wraps it around her hair, so that's why it's, um, it, that's what it's used for, to, to basically roll, her, roll under her hair and put it underneath so it'll be covered. Abai said that if that would be the case, that that's what it is, so then it should be mutter to wear and not be considered carrying. No different than the sock holder uppers the straps that they keep on the top of the socks to hold up the socks, because there's no concern. Garters, right? That's what they're called, garters. Right. And they're not going to take those off because then the socks will fall down. Um, um, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, so it, that's uh, it, uh, which is mutter. So it should be the same thing. So the Gemara says, really, Resort of Adar Narsha explains in the, that a new taich, the woman uses the, this needle to part her hair, to make a nice part in her hair on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, what's that used for? I mean, what's the use of parting the hair on Shabbos? I mean, I understand she wants to part her hair during the week, but on Shabbos, why is it, uh, it, it should be just considered a masui? The answer is it had actually a gold pendant on it, and basically um, that she would wear on her head. So during the week, it has a use as a as a, something for parting her hair, and on Shabbos it has a design use, and therefore it's like any jewelry, and just like any jewelry, you would um, there's a concern midrabanan of wearing it in public because you might want to show it. So wow, what a beautiful design. What is that? A butterfly? They take it off and they show each other and they come to carry. That's the problem. Brought us to the Mishnah on in Daf Samach uh, uh, talking about the sandal and Masumar. So according, so the Mishnah says a, a man is not allowed to go out with the sandal Masumar, nor with a single shoe, when he does not have a maka on his foot. Nor can he go out with tefillin, nor a kameya if it's not from a mumche. And also, he's not allowed to go out with a Syrian Kazda and Magpayim, as we'll see, soon see today's daft. Those are various types of armor that a person wears in the army. In all of these cases, if a person does go out, it's not the level of Chivchatas. That's why this Mishnah is separate, because it's only Osir Midar not Midar Raisa. So the first question I wanted to know is, what is Sandal Hamasumar? What is this problem? It's basically a sandal that's nailed why is that even problematic at all? What's the issue? So Shmuel explains 
that what's going on here is this is this this decree came about during the time when people were trying to escape the Gentiles who made decrees against Jews learning uh, keeping the mitzvahs, and they uh, were, and they basically were hiding out in caves to uh, be able to perform the mitzvahs, um, uh, you know, in the you know, and, and keep Shabbos stuff like that. So um, they made a deal that anybody who wants to come to the cave, there's a, it's a one-way cave, basically, because when you're careful to make sure that nobody's around, then you can come in. But to, to go out, you never know if it's safe to go out or not. And uh, therefore, um, nobody was allowed to go out. The problem was is that this sandal of the summer, this nailed shoe is, is switchable. You could put it on the wrong, front and back. And uh, it's a very rudimentary type of sandal. And because that is the case, this person actually put it on backwards and walked in. People inside saw the footprints, which looked like there was somebody who left. They got so, they got so nervous that uh, that, that went to happen. And, uh, one second. They got so nervous that something like that happened. They, got, they, 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 were, they were afraid. So uh, they they started they panicked that maybe they were seen by the goyim the goyim are going to come in and they're going to attack them in the cave and they're stuck there there's no escape and they the rash and the, all the 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 chaos that ensued caused more harm than if the enemy would have attacked because they killed from each other in their in their haste to escape and because of, and that was one version of the story we saw the version of uh, Rebeloi, yes. The cave was a what? People were killed. What do you mean? Okay. Uh, the 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 answer is is that uh, it's generally not not done for people to go visit cemeteries on Shabbos. But as far as a direct Easter, there is not an Easter. It has to do with the fact that a person is not supposed to bring sadness, and that's really what the issue is as far as the cemetery. But of course, there wasn't a dead... But this, is a, this was a calamity. People were being killed on Shabbos. You understand the story? They were, yeah, it's nothing to do, but the, the, as far as that goes, um, it's generally... The, it's, it's a custom type of thing. It's not anything like it's a, a direct Easter to go to a cemetery. But like I said, the idea is, is that on Shabbos you're supposed to be happy. Going to a cemetery is usually not what cheers up people. Just saying. What do you mean? We don't bury on the, we don't bury the dead on Shabbos either. Right. We never bury the dead on Shabbos. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so the Gemara says. Um, so the Gemara had another version of the story, slightly different, that they were in the cave, and the sandal of summer is a very loud sound because it's basically a block of wood with uh, nails on the bottom. So when you you hear a very loud clomp on it, so they what that's what it was that they heard somebody walking on top of the cave, and they thought it was the enemy soldiers, and that's why they got so so nervous and so afraid, and that's why they. Um, and that's where caused all the chaos. And the third version, that it wasn't even in the cave altogether, it was in a synagogue, 
and they also heard the loud sound of somebody walking in these shoes. They thought it was the enemy, and they killed from each other more than, uh, more than the enemy would have killed ever. And what happened was, is that uh, at that moment, they made a decree. Anybody, nobody is allowed to go out with a sandal of Musumar. So that's it. So it was the decree based on the mice. It's interesting how these things happen. It's, it's almost an illogical decree, because that something like that would happen again is, um, you know, is, uh, took a lot of circumstantial, you know, circumstances to create such a situation. But nevertheless, because something terrible happened with it, it's like they, they made a decree on it that it should never happen again. If it happened once, it could happen another time. That's the idea. But anyway, that's a very interesting type of decree. We have a few of them like that. One mentioned here, and then the next one. But the bottom line is, that was the decree. question is, why is the decree so limited to Shabbos? It should be during the week also. Nobody should wear such shoes. So the Gemara says, it happened on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, and why is Yom Tafasr? It only happened on Shabbos, so you limited the answer to Shabbos. So keep it on Shabbos. Where does it get, how, do, how come it says in the... That we learn that uh, that on Yom Tov also there's a is to go out with the sandal and the sword. So the Gemara explains that uh, the reason why they made the decree limited to Shabbos is because that's a time when there's large amounts of people gathered together. Yom Tov also there's large amounts of people gathered together, and that's why. The decree was, in other words, there is a bit of a logic to the decree that we're worried about people wearing these types of shoes when there's, when it's surround, when there's people gathered all together, a bunch together. Um, and that's the is, uh, issue. So the Gemara says, well, you know, there's times during the week also that there's large crowds, like by Tanit Sibur. Difference is, Tanit Sibur had, has a Hetar Malacha, uh, you're allowed to do work, and uh, not on Shabbos and Yom Tif, And that's why. Yom Tov and Shabbos is the same, and that's the, and 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 not not any other time when there's a, a gathering, and even Reb Chanina Ben Akiva who says that when they make these decrees they only make it in a very limited fashion along the same lines as as how it happened, um, as he talked about a case also a, a sad story not quite like people dying but there was a case of. Of uh, the ashes of the red heifer that were being brought across the river, the Jordan River, on a boat, and it turned out that the boat had a dead body in the boat, and it made everything tummy and it ruined everything, and that was the and that was, um, and because of that, they said you can never take it on a boat. But he says it's only on the yard, and it's only on a special special type of boat, not anything in water. Like it's you know it's very limited. But even Rabbi Chanina Ben says that the whole there was very limited. Nevertheless, we'll agree that Shabbos and Yom Tov is identical, because that's not it, 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 it's, it, there's no real functional difference between Shabbos and Yom Tov as far as this is concerned, and therefore the Gzeira would was both on Shabbos and Yom Tov, as uh, Pasuk, as the Mishnah tells us, Ibn Yom Tov Shabbos So that's the bottom line. Next we saw is that uh, these sandal and masumer, these shoes are specific types of shoes. The shoes where the nails that are banged in are there to strengthen the shoe, not for some other use, for like beautification, to make it look nice, or to look like a, like a cool shoe. That's not what we're talking about, okay? And uh, therefore, um, so it's, if it's not, if it's Linoy, it's completely motor. How many nails would be considered Linoy and not the Chazik? That's up until how many can you put down. 
that would be that way. So it's Machloikas, Rabbi Yechelen says it's five per shoe, and um, Rabbi Chanina says it's seven uh, per shoe. Uh, Rabbi Yechelen said to Rav Shem Abba, I'll explain to you, uh, basically I say two on one side, two on the other side, and one for the strap. And Rabbi Chanina says three and three and one for the strap. That's, a, that's the idea. But that's called um, for, uh, for beautification, and that's, that's it. Um, next we saw is uh, um, when, uh, an interesting halacha, which was a question on Rabbi Yochanan. The halacha says that a sandal that's tilted, it, because it's worn out on one of the sides, so you want to prop it up to make it balanced. So how many nails are you allowed to put in? So it says that you could put seven nails, according to Rabbi Nassan, and according to Rabbi, you could put even 13 on the side that it's, that it's rubbed down to balance it up. So, um, according to Reb Chanina, at least he's fitting with Reb Nassan, which is a Tana, right? But uh, according to Reb Yechina, he's not going with Reb Nassan or Rebbe. So the Gemara explains that there's another Tana out there, there's Reb Norai, who says that five is allowed, seven is not allowed. So it goes like, the, like him. Next we saw is um, Eifa, that's his name, Eifa. He um, said to Rabbi Brechana that the Tamidim, you who are the Tamidim of Reb Yechina, need to follow Reb Yechina. Oh, says that the max is five when it's Lenoi. And us, who we studied from Reb Chanina, we would uh, be allowed to follow Reb Chanina, which is allowing as many as seven. Um, so Rav Huna asked Rav Hashi a question, what about five? So Rav Hashi says, what do you mean? Even seven is allowed. What about nine? Even eight is not allowed. So the max is seven. So uh, that's Rav Ashi Paskins like Rav Chanina. Okay. Um, next, we saw there was a, a person putting leather, you know, a leather worker. He asked Rav Ami, what if you sewed the, on the inside? You know, instead of like a typical sandal that's so, that's, that it's attached on the outside of the, of the you know, what if you sewed it to the inside? What is the deal then? So he says, then if it has nails, it's completely permitted. And, uh, but I'm not sure why. So uh, Ravashi told Rav Ami, what do you mean, how do you not know? That once you sew it on the inside, you basically transform this from being a sandal to being a shoe, a minol. And in a minol, they never made such a gzera. So that's why, that's why it's allowed. So Rav Barzavda, what if you didn't use a regular nail? What if you used one of those uh, nails that are like basically U-shaped nails? It's pointy on either end and it's like a hook it's like shaped like a like a like a u and you bang it in on the middle of the u and then it goes in on both sides um they actually use this in shoemaker shops they use such a, such a such a type of tack sometimes um so what if the, that's called a kalbus what's Allah about that so they said the noise are on that that's not the nail. It was limited to literally this uh, standard type of nail. Um, Rav Yosef Rav Chanina said, quoted that it's that it's mamish mutter. Rav Shesha says if it's covered completely with nails, it's also that it basically just to protect that the ground won't affect harm won't harm the the wood at all. So that's also mutter because it's already not like the sandal on the summer. It's only when it's uh, not that many. So we, we brought a price, like Rav Sheshas as well. 
So again, to, what we're seeing here is that the sandal of Masumar is a very str- specific type of sandal. Not too many nails, not too few nails, and, um, and that's what we're talking about. Now this sandal of Masumar is interesting. You're not allowed to go out in public with it. You're not allowed to go from house to house with it. You're not even allowed to go from bed to bed with it. So even wearing such a sandal on the inside of the house is problematic. But it's not muksa. You can use it to cover things and to support your bed if your bed is not balanced. Uh, Rabbi Lazar Shimon says that that is still not, not allowed. What if most of the nails came out and, and uh, so or there's like maybe four or five nails left? So that would be allowed. Rebbe says, even if there's seven nails left, it would be allowed. If it's covered in leather around the, the bottom, so then it's also allowed, because that's already not the sandal of the If your nails aren't regular nails, but they're like the, this U-shaped nails, like we talked about, or there was a flat sheet on the bottom, or it was like a pegs, meaning pointy side down, or um, it's completely covered with nails, that the, basically, so the, the earth won't even affect the wood at all, is completely mutter, it's already not the same thing. Now, so that, again, it supports ourselves that when it's full of nails, it's not a problem. So we asked ourselves a contradiction. On the one hand, we said that if most of the nails fall out, it sounds like it's good, regardless of how many there are, as long as you lost the majority. On the other hand, it sounds like that if it's, uh, that you need to have less, um, not more than four or five, Sounds like uh, more than that would be a problem, even though you lost the majority. So it's a little bit contradictory. So the Gemara explains. So uh, Rav Shecha says that it depends what happened. If the nails are look like they were banged in all the way, so then you know that it had really a lot more nails in it. So that's uh, so that's a different. Um, um, so then then that that's when even if the majority is gone, it would be allowed, but. If, uh, if, the, if the nails came out and now they're not there anymore, so then the people won't know that it had many nails, that was one of those kinds that, that, are, that are not the problem. So then if, um, it looks like you made it that way from the outset, so then you're only allowed basically whatever is allowed Lenoi, four or five. So Gemara says, what does that mean, four or five? Is it four or is it five? So Gemara says, it depends what type of sandal you're talking about. Is it small sandal or large, you know? Depends on the sizes, you know. Young, uh, small, you know. Smaller shoe would be allowed five, four. Larger shoe five. Sandal, not not shoe. Sandal. All right. Next thing we said that Rebbe says that it's even allowed till seven. The problem is that Rebbe said they're allowed even thirteen. We quoted earlier, right? Um, so the Gemara says that's a difference. That was talking about where the sandal is leaning, so it's there for balance. They're all on one side of the of the of the of the of the foot of the sandal. So that's uh, that he allowed up to thirteen. Once we saw that that was because of the sandal anota, so we said, you know, our original question, or Yochanan, who's he following? Is not even a kasha in the first place because he could be fitting in with either opinion. He was talking about a regular sandal. How many nails qualify that it's still considered lenoi for beauty and not um, lechazik? And uh, there, where it's talking about was a sandal lenota, maybe you're allowed to have more nails, and even he would agree to that. So that's not a contradiction at all. Next, we saw um, that Rav uh, Chadvoi bar Rav Masna or Rav Chadvoi bar Masna in said in the name of Masna that the halacha doesn't follow Rabbi Lozbar Shimon, 
who had told us that uh, you can't use the sandal of Masumar for anything on Shabbos. And the Gemara says, isn't that obvious? And the answer is, it's not so simple because you might have thought that Rabbi Lazar Rishim makes so much sense. Once you're not allowed to wear it as a sandal, then it should be considered muksa, basically. It's Kamash Mulan that it's not the case, that we don't pass in that way. Next, we saw, yes. I'm sorry. Golf shoes. Yeah, you mean like you're talking about like uh, like uh, cleats, right? Like uh, baseball shoes have that. I don't know if you've. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the opposite. That's that's what we talked about. That those are those are called cleats. There might be other issues wearing that because you're plowing the ground, but as far as this is concerned. If you're not walking on the grass, um, um, the cleats are not the problem because the pointy part is facing down. What we're talking about in the nails, it's, it's, it's the head of the nails in the bottom and the pointy part is into the wood. You understand? It's not the same kind of shoe. We already mentioned that if, it's, uh, if, the, if the points are down, it's not a problem. You following? Okay, Mati, you got that? Okay. All right, so we're almost done with our review of yesterday's daf. Um, so basically, um, uh, so we saw that uh, Rabchia uh, says that uh, he, if not for the fact that they would call him the Babylonian who permits everything, <laughs> he would have ta- permitted many types of sandal and sumer. As many, even many, many nails, not that would not have been a problem for him. How many? So in Pumbedisa, they said twenty-four, and in Sura they said twenty-two. And the way to remember that is that on the way from Pumbedisa to Sura, which is on the way to Eretz Yisrael, as we know, Rabbiya came from Bavel and he traveled to Eretz Yisrael. So you pass through Pumbedisa to Sura to Eretz Yisrael, and on the way he lost two nails. So anyway, apparently he didn't think that was problematic. In, in you know, even with a lot of nails, with specific cases, it's not really clear what, but what, what his reasoning is. He just would, he didn't want to permit uh, to everybody else, and that is where we left off. And we'll stop for a second too. Uh, one second.